The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With Pat. Unpopular opinion. I really don't like garbage plates at all. I feel like they're kind of kind of greasy. Without the meat sauce, maybe. That's just what gets me is like the meat sauce. John. Yeah. yeah. Like when you get to a certain age in your mid-20s, I feel like certain things that are so, so greasy and so, so deep fried stop being as appealing. So, Pat, maybe you're more mature than all of us at this point. <laughs> and Rando. Pat, what'd but, you get instead of the garbage plate, though? Yeah, no, I got chicken tenders. Instead <laughs> oh, of the garbage plate, I have okay. maturity. Zero maturity. <laughs> <laughs> On Buffalo Rumblings. All right, welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with Pat and Brando. Excited to be back with you guys. It was a long weekend, and uh, it's good to be back talking bills. We're a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Not Another Buffalo Podcast uh, or at Not Buff Podcast. That's the tag. It's been a second. All right. <laughs> but yeah, we are excited to announce that DraftKings is back on board with us this season. So they will be sponsoring a lot of shows, and obviously Brando's Bets ties right into that. Uh, so Bre- Brandon, uh, what kind of offers DraftKings bringing back this year? It's really cool, and we've waited a long time, and the wait is almost over. The season's about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving away to new customers a can't-miss offer. When you bet just $5 on any football game, you get $200 in free bets. And if you want more action for opening night, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotions. Now this, we were just talking about this. I love this bet on any NFL team of your choice. And if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code NABP, which is not another Buffalo podcast, to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code NABP for Not Another Buffalo Podcast, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and over and physically present in New York. Bonus issues as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 
877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Now, the, what we just said right there, I just made the bet seven seconds before we came on to record the early win by seven. I I feel like I don't know the official stat. Maybe one of you can look it up while we're talking about it. But how many opening drive touchdowns have the Bills scored since Josh Allen has been quarterback for this team? Quite a few. Quite a few. I don't know. I don't know if they're far and away better at that, but I would definitely like them to be up seven at any point in the game. Very, very easily take that prop. I like those odds, especially just the way that this offense is the way that this team is the off season. I feel like you come out, you can't stop your best. It's scripted. The first 10, 20, 30 plays are scripted, obviously the way that an NFL game plan is, but we are going to fly high. With Steph Diggs, Gabe Davis, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, Josh Allen, all these guys are going to light it up. And I don't think the defense is still going to know what's going to hit them. So I would take the money for us to get up seven in the opening game. Uh, this is not financial advice, remember? Put the little caveat back into those Brando's bets. But uh, <laughs> that's an early Brando bet lock of the week right there. The Bills will be up seven at any point during the opening night game. And that's not a hot take. I like, you remember, we try to stay somewhere between the room temperature and moderately warm takes when it comes to bets, because I like to be profitable, not silly and not stupid with our money. So, John, what do you think? You have any early lines, early odds that you like so far? Maybe that we've talked about already or anything new? Yeah, yeah. It's mostly stuff we've mentioned already. And I did I did tweet this on the NABP account um as well. But these are all features that are available on DraftKings. So the first one that I love is division total wins over four and a half plus one thirty-five. You think that the Bills, they the only division game that they dropped last year was to the Patriots in that crazy game. The only time they've lost to Miami in the last, you know, however many, 30 years, it's not that much, obviously. <laughs> Has been the Charles Clay drop in the end zone. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a second, at least the last four years, at least since Josh Allen has been around. Um, so I like that. That's a plus thirty five. That's plus money. That's bet a hundred to win one hundred thirty five dollars. That they're only they, they get a free drop in there. First of all, the Bills are probably going to win all of their division games. I would love to see a prop for over five and a half division wins. Yeah, one of the odds freebie that. in there. Yeah. I don't know if they have an alt win total for that. I didn't see that, but honestly, like you get a freebie in there. You could have a Jacksonville game against the Jets this year and they could still win five out of six and clear that over. So I would put that Jacksonville game against Miami instead of the Jets. Like, let's not give the Jets probably, probably. I was not being mentioned know, for, for dramatic effect here. That's <laughs> you already know how everybody on this podcast feels about Joe Flacco. Um, Anyway, the next one that I love is over 490.5 regular season points plus 140. So that averages out to, I had to do the math on this, over 28.9 points per game. Do you know what their uh, offensive point per game is? It was right around 28 and a half or so, right? And they had some down games last year. 28.4 points per game. 28.4. Okay, so... Averaging a little bit over a, a half point more than they did last year, which I think is very doable in the, in this season, you know, with the offensive weapons they've added, the offensive line, yada, 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 all that stuff. Anyway, next one, this one is negative odds because it's pretty much a lock and I don't want to throw that term around loosely when we're doing a, a gambling segment because it's very dangerous, but 
Anyway, how many or receiving touchdowns did Gabe Davis have last year? We've talked about this before. Nine. Nine. And right re- regular season. How many did he have regular season? Was it like no, that's six? What I'm, saying. I'm pretty sure he had nine. Let me take a look. Nine no, regular no. season? Is it yeah, it's six TDs in the regular season. season. Okay. And it's gotta yeah. be. And then four 11. in and then five in the playoffs. Five in the playoffs. Yeah. One one in New England. Yep, that's correct. Okay. So anyway, he had six before. He's going to be getting how many vacated targets do we have? 170, 170. between yeah. 170 between Cole Beasley and Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders State. leaving. So give me the over on that. He's going to hit eight touchdowns easily. And that's not even factoring in the explosion that everyone is predicting from him. Fantasy people included. Anyway, the only other one that I really like is Josh Allen, 5,000 plus passing plus rushing yards. I really like that prop. I'm not expecting him to have a huge rushing total this year as much as not as much as last year, but I am expecting his passing yards to go up. So I like that one as well. You guys can let me know what you think of those. Oh, I like them both. The 5,000 total yards is interesting to me because I think he might have less rushing yards for the first time in his career because he has somebody like James Cook. There'll be more dump offs, but he's still going to have. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. There'll be, you know, 200 yard games in there against the Dolphins and then maybe another 50 burger against New England. And I think you're going to add your way up Dinkin and Duncan to four, four fifty. But even then you can, you could 4,600 yards passing is a good season, but that's totally in the wheelhouse for Josh. Right. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I, I think he clears that easy, but again, lots of things happen along the way. He also hasn't missed significant time over the last two, two years. So knock on wood, that stays the same. So Pat, Question for you, sir. If you in your non-gambling ways had to pick one of those, what do you say? Gabe Davis over touchdowns, Josh Allen 5,000 yards, division win totals or team win totals, which is what, 11 and a half? Which one of those would you pick as the, you know, I think you're the you're the good voice of reason here uh, with how you handle the sports gambling world these days. What would you pick, though? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think the division wins one isn't, completely out of the question the only thing is i don't like to say it's a lock ever i mean we have the greatest coach of all time in our division i'm not gonna say anytime you play the patriots is a lock ever um so is it gabe davis just at seven tds or is it what's his over under on over seven and a half so he's got to get eight, eight to clear the over see that's an interesting thing too because you could have a ton of receiving yards and only have four or five tds um julio jones did it a lot in his career right he gets you know 14 1500 receiving yards with four or five, six touchdowns. And then the over under, they'd have to win 12 games to be over. Uh, yep. So 12 Josh and 5,000 yards as well. 12 and five. I mean, they were saying, I mean, if you can get out of the first five, six games, even at like four and two or, you know what I mean? Three and three, you're, you're in pretty good shape to, you know, at least go 11 and six. So I think, I think the, the team wins over, I would say, it's a pretty safe bet. I mean, division wins also is a safe bet, but I just, I don't know. I think stranger things have happened. So I'd probably say division wins, but I also think they could do it. Um, total wins as well. All right. I like that. That's good confidence for two of our bets. Yeah. Cool. Cool. John, if you had to put your house payment. If I had to put a house payment on something. On one, pick one. You know, it's funny. Like uh, Gabe Davis has the lowest odds, negative 115. So a bet of 115 to win 100. But I don't know if that's the one that I would go with. I like if I'm gonna bet a thousand dollars, I want to win some money back here. 
Well, it's not just that. I actually, <laughs> I really feel better about the division total wins because again, you're all, when you're thinking about individual player props, you are thinking about injuries in that too. And yes, if all goes well, Gabe Davis is going to have over seven and a half touchdowns this year, but you know, said player gets injured, you know, a division total wins is a much more protected uh, statistic, you know, even if, even if I don't even want to say this, you know, 17 misses time for a second, you could still knocking on wood. I still feel like case Keenum can get you these division wins, you know, because he's going and Case Keenum versus Mac Jones, I think that's that's pretty even. It's not the uh, far and away like better that Josh is than you Mac, might obviously. argue that they're they're a wash, like they're equal. Exactly, exactly. They're they're close, and, and that that's Case Keenum might even be better. Possibly, yeah. So I mean, that's a good. I, I take the Bills roster over everybody. So I probably the division total wins. I like over four and a half. Um, you still get room to drop one and the bills have been, you know, they've lost one division game in the last two years. They're 11 and one, and it was a freak windstorm. So if not for that, they might be 12 and zero in the last two years and their over under might be five and a half. So 16 and two, 17 and one sounds nice. I do like that. I do like that. But anyway, so we had some other not so nice news that I'm kind of glad that our shows fell outside the, uh, the realm of this news story developing and continuing to develop. And then obviously coming to a conclusion recently with the release of Matariza. This happened, I think it started Thursday night because Pat and I were out at the pier. Pat gave me a nice tour of the pier and his neck of the woods. So that was cool to go out and see the pier and uh, super nice out there. The weather was good, um, but I'm looking at my phone and the Matariza stuff starts happening. So uh, anyway, Brandon, what do you think the team handled it the right way? And I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it doesn't really seem like a black and white situation. So it's kind of a loaded question, but it's how do you feel about how the team handled? Yeah, it is. It is. How do you feel about the way the team handled it? I feel like it's lose, 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 because if you were to keep him on your team and then you find out that the pictures are released and the case notes are released and the parents of the woman speak out and the whole world hears what happened before McDermott could even like catch his breath at that podium. It was, that's a tough spot to be in. He handled it really well. I think the fact that it happened on a game day, just the timing of it all is weird. So I think being on a game day, it's like, do you leave the guy at the tarmac? I heard Sale make that point earlier. It's like, you don't, you haven't really, you, you may have heard from his lawyer that he's battling a lawsuit. You might not know the details. Like Brandon Bean said, he had a thorough investigation. I think if he just said investigation and didn't say the word thorough, they might have a little bit of a different light on them because like if a thorough investigation is, you know, if I'm hiring somebody and they're in the middle of a lawsuit, should I call the other lawyer? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be due diligence? You would think so. You would think so. I mean, but um, also you got to understand though, too, there's a new precedent in today's NFL. Um, I think that wasn't present previously. I mean, you look at someone like Darren Sharper. It's like, I think that in today's NFL, our players are held to a much higher standard, which is good. And I think that in, in years past and decades past, uh, even though something, you know, as heinous as this, um, you know, 
might be recognized, it wouldn't necessarily be means for dismissal. And I think that that is one of the good things about the world that we live in today is that players, um, you know, are held to a higher standard as they should be. And um, if nothing else, I think that that's one of the good things um, from the situation is that we're able to see what kind of organization the Buffalo Bills are and also see how the, the league has evolved in terms of, you know, people always want to rag on, on the NFL and say that they don't discipline their players. But I think that in this case, the, the right judgment was made. And it's difficult too, because it's like enforcing that punishment is a legal nightmare considering that the offense happened while, you know, Matt was in college and stuff. And so I think that, you know, it was handled with grace and it's a reflection of the changing ways of the NFL. It's, it's a good way to put that with the changing ways in the NFL, because when the Ray Rice came out in 2012 or cream hunt, all that crap, you know, it's just a terrible look. And the whole key, man, I just, I hate it because clearly if you're a quarterback, you stay in the league. If you're a punter, you're out. That's the precedents that have been set right now. That's what I wanted to ask Pat is like, how do you feel about how the Cleveland Browns just handled that? I I mean, I'm not about to, those are two different, those are two different, you know, I think Deshaun Watson had the Buffalo Bills been in a situation where they had invested as much money in Matt Ariza as the Browns did in Sean Watson's financially speaking, it would be a little bit more difficult to just say, let's release the guy. But that being said, I mean, he's, he's getting 11 games. And in terms of players in the past, I think that it's, it's a precedent compared to what it used to be. And considering Darren Sharper got to win the Super Bowl, I think that, you know, it's, it's easy to sit here and say the NFL is not doing enough. But if you look back in hindsight, I think that we're on the right path and you can't, it's the same thing with anything. It's you, you look and there's people in Congress and they say, we're not doing enough with green energy. And then people say we're doing too much with green energy and nothing's happening. You know, at the end of the day, steps are being made to hold players to a higher standard. And whether those steps are instantaneous or they're a little bit more tapered, you know, is up to whatever organization is enforcing. And I just think that, you know, at this point it's, uh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger didn't miss any time, dude. Like, you got to look at it that way. You know what I mean? Did he miss any time? No. It, it, like, I'm, I'm not saying any any action is right or wrong. I'm just saying for us to sit here and say that nothing was done to Deshaun Watson is wrong. Like, I mean, the guys, he's serving time. I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? It's It's the right amount of time, but for us to sit here and say that nothing's happened is an ignorant point because the way that it's been in the past, it's it might not be where we want it to be, but the fact that these players are being held accountable and, you know, sanctions are being placed on them. Right. But the amount that you're held accountable is directly proportional to your value to a team, to a business in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's with anything though, John. I mean, you got, I'm not saying it's yeah, right or it's but wrong. Is that a good, is that a good thing? That's business. I mean, unfortunately, you know, did you hear the, the statement that the judge made when she originally gave Watson his six games she said she could only give him six games based on like the scope and the precedent of the previous suspensions the NFL had handed down to that, which is crazy when, Pat, you can list off a dozen of former players that have committed crimes in one way or another. But the fact that like you have something like this where she reads the case notes and she's like, he is guilty. He did predatory behavior, but I can only give him six games because if I suspend him for more than six games, then like the whole precedent system blows up and, but that's Roger to get fault. So for him to step in and go from six to 11, yeah, you know, the, it's, it's, it's this whole thing. And then the fact that they say it's 11 games 
for Deshaun Watson, one short of the accrued season on his contract. So if he were to get that 12th game and burn a year of the contract, it still saves Deshaun Watson $45 million a year because it's only 11 games. You well, know and I mean? in the quest for the rate and in the quest for ratings, he's coming back to play the Houston Texans. But that being said, I mean, the fact that the judge couldn't even make a ruling more than six games because of prior rulings. I mean, I think that that in itself is a step for the NFL for them to say, because at the end of the day, I mean, it's difficult when Roger Goodell is judge, jury and executioner to a be able to hold any sort of standard and B to effectively maintain that standard. So I think that, you know, as much as we want to sit here and say that, you know, not enough was done to Deshaun Watson, he could have been serving six games, you know, like, so I think that in, in that, in that regard, I think that steps have been taking now. I I'm not, I'm not someone who took the LSAT. I'm not someone who took an ethics class. I'm not someone who took a philosophy class. I'm not someone who took a crime and punishment class, but that being said, I would think that someone being punished 11 games as opposed to six games would be better for, you know, at least the morality of the league itself. And Future it's, precedent <laughs> as well. Right. As she as you spoke about that. I want to say this. I do agree with you that they're headed in the right direction. And yeah, sure. Like this is better than the standard was before. But the unfortunate reality is that the NFL isn't holding a higher moral standard. They're holding a higher PR standard because they realize that their PR, their public image is important to their value. But that's all sports, dude. It's not like the MLB. It's not the MLB doesn't hold their players. The NHL doesn't hold their players. So yeah, you can't just dude, say it's the just, N- it's professional athletes in general. Don't say the NFL. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, I'm not saying they're any better or worse than any other sports league. I'm just saying it's an unfortunate reality, you know, in the hierarchy of how sports are run and stuff like that. I don't, I'm not offering a solution to it or anything like that. I'm just saying like, that kind of sucks. You know, they're, they're doing the right thing, but for the wrong reasons, you know, and it's always just been cover your butt and do this. And anyway, I, we got really far off topic from how the bills handled the Ariza situation. I think they handled it. Can I say one more thing? Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Um, Because when you look at our roster currently in the previous cases under the bean administration, um, you got shady McCoy and Ed Oliver, the two most pressing ones. Probably you have one more. Uh, Couldn't tell you it off the top of my head, but I just want to talk about those two first anyway. So, um, which is interesting how they handled them differently because with that Oliver, right, he gets charged with the DWI, an open container and a firearm, but the open container was chew spit from his tobacco. He has a fully registered gun and he wasn't driving under the influence. So if you cut a guy on the first premise of news, you know, and he's totally exonerated from every single charge. But the thing about Matt Ariza is that Ariza is that like, I know the bills might, if, if all the bills know is that they're, he's in a civil lawsuit and that's it. And like, there's no other information. They didn't read the case. They didn't see the photos and they didn't talk to the parents, all which have happened in the last 48 hours. I mean, in the last few days that it came out, but like, you could be like, okay, we need to find out more. We don't know what's going on, but as soon. And, and the fact that the pictures came out after the, like the bills find out that he's in something. And then all of this stuff starts coming out more. It's like, they made the right decision. They did not, need any sort of they they should never put their fans in the moral conundrum of should I root for this team or should I not root for this team and you know I think they did it it might have been a little wonky but everybody's human everybody makes mistakes and they're just trying like you said the NFL has not done a good job with this so I think the bills coming and at least cutting him you know he's not 
a distraction. There shouldn't be any sort of taint on your fan base. When you have a roster like this and a locker room like this and an administration like this, you, you shouldn't put it to any question. So, you know, they got the details that they needed and they are, there was no question in their belief of the situation. So I'm glad that they acted once they found out all of the details. Cause that, you know, if you cut at Oliver or even shady, right, he gets, he has his thing and he stays on the roster. He never even went on the pub list. Um, so, you know, you don't want, there's such a tricky line though. Right. And the bills flirted, the bills probably well, crossed. Those are all three bit. different. Those are all three different offenses as well. You have a yeah, DUI, they are you have domestic totally, battery yeah. and then you have, you know what I mean? Sexual assault. So yeah. it's like, it, it's diff- Roger Goodell's a lawyer, but he's not like, you know what I mean? A prosecutor. Yeah. So, so that's I, I, if the bills only knew what they only knew because they didn't investigate, then the story should have been, we looked into it a little bit. This is what we knew. This is what we didn't know. We made our decision based on what we have learned now. And that's not acceptable in our organization. So, you yeah, know, it was, like a, there was a long definitely runaway some, to that. There was definitely like a couple of little missteps in like their statements and stuff like that, because, you know, everyone is wondering, you know, apparently there were reports that said they knew back in July about at least knew that there were allegations of, of, of that nature. But anyway, yeah, I like they eventually came to the right decision and did the right thing. It wasn't perfect. It was really messy. It was a weird weekend. But now I just hope we can move forward and focus on the season. Um, you know, and I hope Bring the players feel Kern. like that, too. Yeah, Market exactly. King, dude. Like I'm, would, yeah. Or Punt King. Bring him up. Brian Mormon. Bring them all in. Uh, Try them all out. Let's go. I would, I would love to see Marquette King. I bring him, call, call Johnny Coors right here. Let's go. Oh, no, I was not a punter. Yeah. But Marquette King was was exciting to watch. I don't remember how his tenure with the Raiders ended. He was he was nice, dude. He like he'd signed a huge deal. He was well, so the thing with Marquette King. Funny enough, he's the only HBCU special teamer ever to play in the NFL, which is pretty cool. Fort Valley State University. That being said, he didn't even start punting till he was a sophomore in college. Like he went there to play wide receiver and then hurt himself. And in the process of coming back, they were like, dude, you're not going to make the team. And um, he had to start punting. But he signed a big deal to stay in Oakland. And he's someone that also can cover super well. Um, so, and he brings a swagger, dude. He's always got a watch. He's always got some ice. Like, I think that that's something that I need a watch on the football field. I never understood it ever. Uh, people do or like on the golf course, like Rolex sponsors, all these golfers. Like, why are you wearing a watch, man? You're putting for $18 million. Like a nice, a nice Fitbit watch on the, on the, like, I think that's, I think that's a flex of flexes, honestly. But well, I mean, he's going to need something to look at when he's on the sideline for the entire game, you know, and he doesn't have to go out there at all except to hold for extra points. Two per game. You get two points a game. That's it. Yep. That, that's, that's even a lot. That's a lot. So let's keep it to one to two. But yeah. I'll take Brent Kern Pro Bowl. Don't spend a lot of money. Just well, isn't he from Grand Island too, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 Local guy. Put this behind us. I love this. Be a footnote on a Super Bowl season, right? Like we don't want this. You, you don't ever want to be around this. So let's make it good. Go get a local homegrown guy, veteran who can hold a kick for Tyler Bass and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm with it. Do we have time for trivia? Yes, yes. Uh, we are past 29 minutes, so we got to get a break in though real quick. So okay. we'll be right back with some trivia right after this. In honor of 
of Not Another Buffalo Podcast drafting for the first ever annual new newly annual fantasy football league. <laughs> we are talking fantasy football trivia. I have 21 or 9, 20, 19, 18, 17, and 16. The top fantasy football players of each season. Could you name them? All right. So last year, was it Cooper Cub or Jonathan Taylor? I'm trying to remember because Josh Allen was QB1. Are you saying 2021 or 2022? Or are you saying 2021? 21 season. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, the Super Bowl was Cooper in 22, Cup. But- Came in at number 13. Last year? Yep. Is it Josh who's the guy you talked about? I said Jonathan uh, Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan was, Taylor was number seven with 323 points per game. Was Josh Allen actually the number one? Because I know he was Josh Allen number QB. one. Yeah. With 393.8 okay. points. I feel like Derrick Henry system. is somewhere on this list too. Derrick Henry, Henry missed half the season. Derrick Henry missed half the season, remember? And he's yeah, no, still talking previous years. Oh, previous years. Yes, yes. Previous years. Derrick Henry in 2020. Derrick Henry ranked 12th with 314, but he was the number one running back. What about Mahomes has got to be there at the number one spot, I would imagine, at least for maybe 2019. 2019, maybe 2018. Is number one. In 2018, with 417 total points in 16 games. Guess who's number two in 2018, Pat? 2018. Number two fantasy player in all of the NFL. Ryan Ryan Tannehill? No. Jimmy Garoppolo? (laughs) No. 2018. (laughs) Let me think. Um, It can't be Josh, even though he had a lot of rushing It was not a generational year. Oh, was it Matt Ryan? Yes. All right. So um, we got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And that's it so far. All right. You're where is Josh 2020? Allen fall in 2020? So 2020, Josh Allen was also QB one, but where does he fall in well, the Lamar overall Jackson rankings? might be number one in 2020. I think you're thinking 2019, right? In 2020, Lamar Jackson comes in at number 10 with 341. 2019, yeah, Lamar Jackson comes in at number one. Yeah, it's MVP, season. MVP season. 421.7 points. So you need 2020, 2017, and 2016. 2020 still. Uh, you never told me where Josh Allen ended up on that list. Uh, I can't tell you without giving you an answer. Okay, Josh Allen, number one, 2020. Josh Allen, number one fantasy player back-to-back years. With 405 points in 16 games. First player to do that going for the three-peat. Um, 2019, we got Lamar. 2018, we got Patrick Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. So you need 2017 and 2016. It's funny. Food for thought here. The number one player in 2017 was almost a full 100 points behind the number one player from 2018. Interesting. And Pat already guessed Derrick Henry for one of these years. Uh, Derrick Henry only finished the top, what, the top 10? What about... He never uh, finished number one. I know Drew Brees had some crazy stats. I don't think Tom Brady's ever really been a fantasy monster. In 2016, in 2016, Drew Brees finished third 
Okay. 332. In 2017, Drew Brees finished 10th with 262. Tom Brady finished 4th in 2017. And in 2016, guess who was number 10 in 2016? Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. Finishing seven spots ahead of Tom Brady. Um, okay. So mm. we've said, what about Cam Newton? Cam Newton is not on this list. This no. He would have been, his season was like 2015 or something. I believe it was 15. I can go look. But. You said this This list starts at, Cam, at 16. Cam Newton's was in 2015, correct. So I'm looking for 16. 16 and 17. Carson Wentz on this list at all? Carson Wentz was not on this list. Carson Wentz finished sixth in 13 games. He was on pace to be number one until he got hurt. All right. Let me ask you this. Do we have all quarterbacks remaining or no? Yes. Okay. That makes it easier. All right. Big QB One quarterback is on a different team. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson in 2017, number one fantasy player. What about Aaron Rodgers? Is he on this list as well? Aaron Rodgers in 2016, number one fantasy player. Good job. Nice. There we go. Clean up. So you got Rodgers, Wilson, Mahomes, Jackson, Allen, Allen. Nice. Nice. Good work, Pat. Good job. You too, Johnny. We got it. Historians of the league. (laughs) I just said some of these guys, man, I I can't believe Drew Brees isn't in the NFL anymore. I feel like my entire life he was in the NFL. Right, right. Well, there's always being, some people who are going to stick around until we're 60 years old. Can we talk about Tom Brady's plastic surgery real quick? Did you guys see his oh, yeah, face? He, def- he, see he definitely got some. He definitely he got some. Like he got he's definitely had like some in the, in the past. Yeah. But this isn't the first well, time. Wouldn't it be nice to... I just wish I could just not go to work and then tell my boss that I didn't need to take time off because I booked the vacation in advance and that, you know, I'm a, I'm a whatever, the greatest of all time in, in college admissions and that you know, he was just going to have to let me go <laughs> on the trip, but you know, I guess that's just not how it goes for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I didn't really see anything about any kind of explanation or anything like that for his absence. So hopefully it wasn't anything like bad or, or like family re- related, you know, hope we're not talking bad about like family or something like that, but most likely not. I anything mean, I'm just that's to a co- deterrent co- cover the to Tom's there. performance. Um, I, I, I do feel personally for Tom and I hope nothing is wrong with him personally, but anything that might deter his performance from an, a purely objective standpoint here at the NABP wouldn't be the worst for us. So, all right, we'll, we'll wrap it up on that note. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at not buff podcast. Um, enjoy it. We're going to look forward to our fantasy draft tomorrow night, which will already be in the books by the time this episode comes out. Um, but that should be a fun season. So thanks to all the listeners who are joining us in that league. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys Friday and go bills. Go bills. Go bills. Game week coming up. Oh yeah. 10 days away from now. Eight days from the day this podcast drops. It's raining. It's raining on Chippewa. It's raining. It's raining It's raining down